are Emily and Blair and welcome to Elevating Business, the podcast which focuses in on all the things around starting a business online, growing that business and doing so in a way that is healthy and enjoyable to you. Are you struggling with the process, the hype and the many online options out there? Each week we publish three podcasts on Monday, Wednesday and Friday to help you with all the pain points you may come across in your business journey, including many tips to keep you and your business healthy and thriving. So, before we dive in, be sure to visit our website at emilyandblair.com, which you can use to work your way through starting a business online, step-by-step, and it's completely free. Hi, welcome to episode 25. Is the four-hour work week a myth? And I'll be talking about eating for exercise. Yeah, thanks, Emily. All right, I'm going to talk about the book that Tim Ferriss wrote uh, It was Probably a while ago now, it's um, starting to age quite gracefully. This book is called The 4-Hour Workweek, and what it basically outlines is methods to structure your business in a way to free up enough time that you actually only work four hours per week, which sounds uh, you know, like a, an awesome result. And I guess the discussion today is around it and whether that's actually achievable. The book outlines a whole host of different ways from different business models to outsourcing, basically to allowing you to set up your business as a passive income generator. There's a lot of focus on self and healthy work-life balance as a key component to the four-hour work week. And I guess that's what Tim's trying to address with this is to give yourself a business structure which allows you enough time to then do other things outside of work that actually allows you to live a healthy well-balanced life. So is it a myth? Well to be honest four hours a week isn't very long and it probably is a bit of a far-stretched philosophy but it does raise and address some valid topics around doing structured things to free up your time because you know to be honest that's why most people do this whole online business thing and this whole working for yourself thing. You know, it's all about earning money while you sleep and earning money while you're on holiday. It's that passive income. So I guess how would you go about doing some of the things that Tim mentions in this book? Well, the key thing, first of all, is to choose the right business model. So what I mean by that is actually choosing one that allows you at some stage, not necessarily in the beginning, but at some stage to get it to a level of autopilot. So that's it generating income without your inputs. With any business, there's the grind and the grind's at the beginning. Now, it doesn't matter what business model you choose, you're still going to have to put the effort in at the start. But if you look around the different business models out there for online, you'll be able to choose one which is going to sometime in the future give you that opportunity to step back and allow the actual business to run itself. Now, there's multiple ways of doing that as well. You know, it's not necessarily the business running itself. It could be that you actually outsource the work that you're doing to a freelancer to do your work. And Tim touches on a number of models where where that's, you know, achievable. And the only way to actually do that is by the time your business is making a decent amount of revenue, that's when you can do it because then you've got to use some of that revenue to pay the freelancer. Um, But that actually is a real hinge point where you can actually free up a lot of your time by choosing to go down that road. In the beginning, I would be looking to systemize as much as you can of your business 
because the only way you can basically put it on autopilot is by having everything systemized. And that means that if it's systemized, you're reducing the situation of having to duplicate tasks. So systems mean that there's consistency and there is repetition. And, you know, if there's systems in place, it means that the business is running on that consistent repeat. And it means you're not having to reinvent the wheel every week because the system's taking care of it. So prioritize who and what you focus on. Uh, because that's really key. You know, you can get distracted and focus on shiny objects, as we've talked in a previous episode. Basically, declutter your business. Focus on exactly what's going to get you to that point of either passive income or a revenue stage where you can then outsource to a freelancer. So business models can get to that autopilot stage selling the same thing over and over again. And a, a good example of that is a digital product where you, you know, you spend a bit of time and money creating the product, you know, and that could be a, um, a webinar or it could be a, um, you know, like a detailed ebook about how to do a certain process. And then once you've set that up and you're advertising it, you're getting traffic, effectively the thing doesn't need to be changed too much um, and, and runs on autopilot. You'd probably want to set it so you, you revise it when something in the industry changes or which sets some of the content out of date or just merely after a year or six months when it needs an update to, you know, what is an ever-changing technology. Uh, you know, online space is changing quickly. So you need to keep an eye on these sorts of things and make sure what you're selling is relevant because the problem with it, as soon as it loses its relevance, then it will actually you'll see the traffic slowly um, start to decline and then, you know, you're effectively um, seeing your business start to shrivel up. So in conclusion, it's hard to achieve the four-hour work week, which Tim outlines, but I think he never was actually meaning it to be that literal. What he was saying is that, you know, you don't need to be working your 40 or your 80-hour work week you can actually get it down so your business is on autopilot, you're earning passive income, and it might mean that you're doing 10 or 20 hours a week, which is certainly a lot better working than working for someone else, you know, doing your 40 or 50 hours a week for somebody else's business. So it's, it's a good uh, methodology in the four-hour work week. Um, it should be recognised as good practice to strive towards. And certainly is definitely a great read for someone starting out because it really does open up your mind to thinking outside the square of, of having to put in that amount of time forever in a day. All right, Emily. Right. Um, so I'm going to look at exercise and eating the right foods to help you with some of the exercises that you'll, you'll be doing. Um, now, it's about finding the balance between the exercise you're doing and the food that you're eating. Now, there's different types of exercise. Uh, there's moderate aerobic activity, which raises your heart rate and increases your breathing. Uh, for example, walking and riding the bike. And there's more vigorous aerobic activity. Uh, perhaps if you enjoy a lot of running or playing football, that's classed as more vigorous aerobic activity when you're breathing hard and fast and your heart rate increases substantially. Another form of exercise um, is muscle, muscle strengthening exercises such as weightlifting, push-ups, sit-ups and some activities like circuit training, playing rugby, football 
um, are also aerobic activities. So they kind of cross over in, in those brackets. But it's important if we're doing that, those sorts of exercises to make sure we're eating the right kinds of food, to make sure that our energy levels are kept up and you've got good release of energy to help you to sustain your energy throughout those exercises. So it's important that you get a balance of various things in your diet. Carbohydrate, for instance, they're a really good source of energy for our body during exercise. And there's two categories, simple and complex. For more longer bouts of exercise, reach for those complex carbohydrates. They're harder for the body to break down, and so they release the energy much slower and at a more sustained rate. It can also um, help stop blood sugar spiking after eating food. You know, sometimes if you eat too much foods that are high in sugar, you'll get a burst of energy and then you'll have a dip. Carbohydrates help to prevent that happening. They stop the dips and the peaks and keep your energy at a balanced level. Iron is another ingredient we want in our foods. So iron-rich foods such as spinach and lentils help to increase the capacity of the blood to carry oxygen, which helps to prevent um, you tiring quickly during your exercise. Vitamin C can help the body absorb iron as well. So if you try to combine those together, then you're getting a real winner. So for instance, maybe squeezing a bit of citrus, lemon, orange, onto your spinach you're getting everything there protein as well that uh, helps to maintain and increase in your muscle mass so if you're exercising a lot you're burning your fat and you then need to replace and build that muscle back up so protein is really important for that and, and making sure your bones are really healthy so ways you can get your protein through lentils beans fish and obviously lean meats such as venison turkey chicken are all really really good and calcium as well is probably, I would say, one of the most important things because if you're doing a lot of aerobic exercise, perhaps running, then your bones are, it's really important that you keep your bones really subtle because long term, if you do a lot of running, it can often, if you've not got the cal that high calcium content in your diet, then your bones are going to weaken. Um, so having calcium is going to really help strengthen uh, your bones and help to regulate your muscle contractions too for when you're when you are doing these exercises so things to try where you're going to get a lot of these different nutrients in your food things like brazil nuts tofu are really good try putting them in smoothies um a really nice recipe is uh, lentil tabbouleh so mixing lentils with couscous um and spinach and again putting some of that citrus dressing on there you're getting all those different things other options might be if you like your meats uh, trying a venison stew and again tofu I mentioned as well that's really really good and high in calcium uh, particularly if you don't eat meat and uh, maybe try that in a in a stir fry with some cashew nuts is really really nice and finally perhaps trying some whole wheat ravioli whole wheat pasta um, is a really good sort of um, carbs and going for a whole wheat option is healthier than white pasta just being mindful of what type of exercise you're doing and then thinking about how to uh, balance your food to respond to that type of exercise. Yeah, that's a good point because you, you know, sometimes you go out and do an exercise session and, and find that, you know, you don't have the energy levels or, you know, and you, I think one of the things that I find is when I get the time to do my exercise for the week, I want to maximize that time frame and, and 
you know, get the most out of that exercise session. And, and sometimes if I haven't eaten right or I haven't, you know, got the right balance, you know, mm. I certainly uh, don't feel that I've really hit that, hit that uh, point. Yeah. Well, it's just important to eat for the type of exercise that you're doing. Mm. And also the reason for you doing that exercise. I mean, some people exercise because they need to lose weight. Some people exercise because they're just wanting to keep fit. Yeah. And therefore, you need to balance your diet to respond to what you're actually doing that exercise for. Yeah. Some great points. Right. Thanks, Emily. That's all we've got time for on this one. And we'll see you in the next one. And that's a wrap for this episode of Elevating Business. Thanks so much for being part of our show. And we love being able to share with you. Any links and resources mentioned in this episode can be found in the episode notes on our website, emilyandblair.com. And remember that our website is a huge resource for free, step-by-step guides and articles for starting a business online and working through the journey. If you like what you're hearing, then please subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend. That's all for now, and we'll see you in a few days' time with our next instalment of Elevating Business, Now go do something today that will make tomorrow better.